Yeah, we got the fruit. You know, we're the spy company. Joshua and Caleb, you might have heard about us in the Bible. Coming from the promised land, showing off the fruit, what's available in New Covenant Christianity, and I think you better recognize. Just having fun. I think we better recognize. Testing everybody's freedom every day, like, can you even get away with that? Can you do that? Is that legal in Christianity? Isn't God angry at you for having so much fun all the time in the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Shouldn't we put the yoke of slavery to religious rules and regulations on his shoulders so he's not so happy? You know, I mean, this is the stuff I hear for 11 years. You know, maybe we should put something on him. You know, some religion, some doo-doo voodoo, some work, some self-effort, some self-righteousness, some religion so that he can come back into reality. So he can sober up and come back into the slavery of serving the great red dragon in the, the sand dunes of dry, arid Egyptian places of hell on earth. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. I already came out of hell. I was raised from the dead. Look, October 15, 1999. My mom gave me my first Bible in Teen Challenge to Brandon from Mom, October 15, 1999. I was so dead, I couldn't even see in color. I saw in black and white, true story. When I got raised from the dead, I was never going back into death again. So, please excuse me, that's my disclaimer for my behavior. I've literally been raised from the dead by the spirit of holiness that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And it wasn't a different sacrifice. It wasn't anything I did. I was a blasphemer and a murderer. I was a very, very bad person. I hated Christians. I hated God, any idea of God. I thought it was just brainwash. I believed in evolution. I believed in dog eat dog. I believed in machine guns. I believed in murder. That's what I believed in because that's the only thing that worked in the flesh. Dog eat dog, kill or be killed. Tell you the truth. And, well, turned out there's a better way. I had no idea. I'd never seen any evidence of a God or Christianity or any. I grew up Catholic. Catholic school. I mean, there was, you know, I mean, later on when it all cleared up, when I got raised from the dead, October 15, 1999, when I got cleaned up and cleared out of all of those demons that were in me, and there was a lot of demons in me, for three months, every other day, the pastors there, they were all former mafia and former gangsters, they drove demons out of me, every day. Almost every other day, but usually every day, because I was really demon-possessed, for three months. Up to two hours per deliverance session. True story. I have rug burns on my arms, they had horn marks coming out of my forehead where they said horns were coming out and they took a Polaroid of it and they have it on file at Teen Challenge. That, they had to deal with me. I was so demon-possessed that the demons would take over my body in the middle of the night. This was after I was born again, too, so just blow up your theology. I mean, the demons, and it's just so messy, childbirth. You know, that's the same way of salvation. It is a messy, bloody, water, broken process, just everywhere, spilled all over the place. Like, it is just crazy stuff. There, I mean, I was so demon-possessed, I'd be taken over in the middle of the night, have no control of my body, I'd be peeing and pooping all over the place, they'd be holding me down, and I'd wake up the next morning. This happened for three months, people. For three months. 
And I wake up the next morning and not remember a thing. I was so far gone in the devil. I came out of the belly of the great red dragon. And I came up all the way up, regurgitated, out through his neck, then through his fangs, and through his Satan's lying mouth, and just got out of that dragon. And I'm done. And I stay up here in the highway of holiness from now on because I'm so done with Satan that you wouldn't even believe it how done I am with the devil. And up here it's just, ooh, feels so good. I'm so happy every day. I'm so blessed. You know, even a little religious persecution from people still inside the bowels of the dragon doesn't bother me at all because I've been raised from the dead. I just understand that they're still in the stomach of the great red dragon. And they're one flesh with Lucifer and they don't even know it because of Galatians 3.1 bewitchment. And I forgive their sins, man. I mean, like every day, like that is the reasonable service of any priest in the order of Melchizedek to apply the blood upon their brains. Because my God, that looks like it's miserable. That looks like it hurts. <laughs> Beating yourself up, whipping yourself every day. Do's and don'ts, rules and regulations under the curse of the law. Can you imagine living under the curse of the law in 2017? I swear on the Bible, I cannot. But it looks painful. I don't even remember what it's like. I can't even relate to it. There's a highway of holiness above all the demons, all the damned, all the dead, all the flesh of this world. You can live in heaven on earth. You can live in the throne room of God and rainbow lightning glory and flashing glory and thunderous glory and it's pure love just wrapped in love you can live completely possessed of God the Father in every room of your heart and soul and mind and body filled with the Godhead made full and overflowing is our cups amen what do our cups overflow with for our bodies are a cup of whatever our heart believes in Already, there's 7.2 billion cups on planet Earth, guys. There's not gonna be. There already has been. It's just, what are you drinking? What do you believe in? Everyone's serving a God in their heart roots. Do you believe in money? Do you believe in Satan? Do you believe in religion? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord? Your hearts all believe in something and you drink the cup of that God you serve. See, that's the thing about the Old Covenant that we need to understand now as New Covenant people is they understood that. Don't even touch the Temple of Molech and the Asherah poles and that blasphemous, despicable star god Raphon and all these star gods and these Egyptian gods and these Sumerian gods and all these nations have these gods and don't serve them because they're all demons. It says that in Psalms. All of their gods are demons. King David's own words. But we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We serve the only living God. And the only God that even loves us. Every other God is a mess. Every other God, you might get some stuff out of Him for momentary pleasures in the flesh. Serving the God of lust, incubus and succubus. Serving the God of your brain, Pan, the Greek, hairy goat. <laughs> you know, there's all these demons and devils you can serve if you want to, but they're going to require something from you. When you deal with the damned and the dead, and you 
serve the dead and you serve fallen angels as gods and you serve demons as gods. They will require something from you. But our God, He's a good God. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only God that really cares for us. So the only thing He requires us to give up is our sinful nature. <laughs> the things in our lives that are hurting us. So it's like you're just giving up your death. Is it so hard, Christians, to give up death? That's all He's ever wanted from us, is to give up death. And do you know what death is? Religion. Religion. The angel of the abyss of Baden is the angel of death. He's under my feet. And when you don't believe in Abaddon, when you don't believe in death and you believe in His risen life, and your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength are 100% inside Jesus by faith, and you're experiencing the glory billowing through every cell of your flesh by faith, you've given up your death to serve His life gladly. We're the risen ones. We've been raised from the dead with Him. That's why the early Christian church would go around all over the world, you know, in the sand, filling the Jesus fish, you know, because He's been risen from the dead, Maranatha. Back then, it was a death threat. It was a death sentence to be caught as a Christian. Now it's like, we're all Christians. 100 million born-again Christians in the USA. But let's get into the power of God. Let's get out of the dragon. Let's get out of religion. Let's get out of self-efforts. Let's get out of Abaddon, the angel of religion, which is spiritual death. Let's be raised from the dead in Him and live in heavenly Jerusalem and live in the glory prepared for us. Not when you die. You died with Him on the cross. That's a doctrine of demons. You've already died. Every person in the world has died with Him. The only issue is, are you His murderer or His beloved? That's the thing. All have died with Him, but they're angry at Him or they're, they're accepting of Him. There's only two types of people in this world of 7.2 billion souls on earth now. Those who accept His sacrifice are those who are angry about it. His murderers. And so those who accept His sacrifice are called the Bride of Christ. And we're learning how to love and to forgive all the murderers of Jesus that weep and gnash their teeth at the thought of forgiveness and the thought of effortless Christianity, the thought of just receiving salvation as a gift of grace. You know, this Martin Luther stuff of the 1500s, you know, that should be so common sense by now, but it's like still a revelation. Really, I don't even have to lift a finger. I can't even say, ouch. <laughs> you know, you've been raised from the dead with him as a gift. I don't have to be his slave and servant like I did when I served Abaddon. Because we have all that false father stuff on us of serving religious demons. We have no grid for freedom. I'm telling you. And the strongest religion in the world is in the United States. I'm dealing with Senegal. I'm dealing with South Africa. I'm dealing with the Philippines. I'm dealing with Nepal. I look at all the nations. I look at all their comments. I look at all the responses by the millions of souls. The hardest hearts are the first world nations and there's nothing even close because the healthy have no need for a doctor. They're okay, they think. But 
As Jesus Christ said to the church in the book of Revelation, you think you're rich, but you're poor. You think you're rich, America. You think you're rich, United Kingdom, Ireland, Switzerland, Scandinavia, France, Germany, Netherlands. You think you're rich, but you're poor. <laughs> I'm telling you. And God's not mad at you. He wants you to be actually rich. And He won't even probably take your money from you. He just wants to fill you with His glory. He's such a good God. He's seriously, He'll do whatever it takes to possess you with Himself so that you can live in this life in peace. He is desperate for you. Let me tell you how desperate God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ are for you. He'll do anything. He'll move mountains. He'll cast mountains into the sea. If he sees one person desperate for him, and I was like that person when I was 18 because I was dead. I mean, I was dead. I mean, I didn't even have days. I was gone, man. And the Lord did all this crazy stuff. He had me arrested on charges I didn't commit. At age 18, this is how I got into Teen Challenge. I'm in Whitefish, Montana, a senior in high school, expelled because the principal said he didn't want another Littleton incident. And I was just like, I was on varsity tennis. I was all state in football. I lettered, I have the genie in my 4.0 letterman's jacket. Because I was actually trying to like do good for once in my life during that time. And I was still, but then I just, it all got blown up and, and all the grace of God was lifted off my life. And I had to drink everything in my soul and I was gone. I mean, I was like just a walking zombie, had me arrested and I mean, just we'll have all these years and years as we get to know each other around the nations for the next thousand years during the kingdom age to talk about all of our testimonies and what we came out of. But God had me arrested on charges I didn't even commit. And I'm in jail sitting there. My lawyer wouldn't talk to me. I'm 18 years old. I have rights. No, I had no rights. My lawyer didn't even talk to me once. <laughs> and, and they said, this kid is so messed up. Send him to Team Challenge. It's all drugs. And so they quartered me Team Challenge. I get on the Amtrak from Whitefish, Montana. Holy Spirit. In October of 1999, get off the Amtrak in Minneapolis. My mom and stepdad are there waiting for me, and they take me right into the office. I go in there. There's a table of 12 adults. You know, I'm 18 years old, and I'm just thinking, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to manipulate? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to get out of jail. I'm going to figure something out here, and I'm going to get out of jail. That's all I was thinking. Get out of jail. Get out of Teen Challenge. Get out of here. So I'm sitting there, there's 12 adults around there, Rich Sherber's there, the president of Teen Challenge, he's there. There's only 55 men in the whole program at the time. Now it's the biggest rehab in the U.S. practically. And uh, my mom and stepdad, and, all, and then there's this one pastor from South Dakota. Oh my God. Papa Graves, we called him. Father, not Father Graves, Papa Graves and Pastor Graves. Yeah, Pastor Graves. And he's there, I'm on my right, and I'm sitting there, and, and I look at him, you know, and he starts crying, okay? He, his whole face was just sobbing, looking at me, because I was so far gone in the devil. I don't think they'd ever seen anything like it. And he's just sobbing, just saying, he said, looked at me, and he said, son, you need this place. And I looked in his eyes, 
and they were so bright with light. That's like, I thought I knew it all, you know, just a young punk, I knew everything. I'd never seen that light before, and he was crying, and so, what is, un I've never seen anyone love like that. I'd never seen that before in my entire life. I saw unconditional love coming through Pastor Graves' face. And I said, all right, because, just because of this guy, I'm going to give this place a chance. I go in there, I'm manifesting every night, they're holding me down. Three months get later, I get all delivered of all the demons, I'm laying in my bed. Waves of peace begin to billow through my body and come up through my head. Never heard of tongues before I grew up. The only exposure to Christianity I had was Catholicism. I never heard of tongues, never saw any of that stuff. And I started speaking in tongues, and it just felt like my faith exploded from within me. I felt peace like a river. Physical billows of peace going through my legs and torso and head. And I run to, uh, what's his name? James Tribble, who was an OG GD crack dealer from Chicago, who had just gotten saved. And I said, Brother James, what is this, man? He's like, man, that's the gift of tongues. I was like, he's like, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So, you know, coming out of that kind of situation, and I'm brand new to all this stuff, I'm like praying in tongues constantly. I'm in the Bible constantly, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, Wisdom, 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 wisdom. So Proverbs every day is a foundation. I mean, I'd read Proverbs all day, every day. Psalms, Proverbs, and whatever else they'd throw at me. I became a fanatic because I'd been delivered from hell. And so I got discipled by a bunch of apostles and prophets there for 22 months. Got a full-ride scholarship to North Central University Bible College. Finished that. Been an inner-city missionary now in Minneapolis and doing broadcasting all over the world for 11 years and it's been an awesome adventure but you know what that being said i honestly penny and i are talking about this my wife and i it just feels like we're getting started like we're just coming out of the valley of the shadow of, of death yeah it has been a regal nightmare his rod and his staff has comforted us the whole time being inner city missions for 11 years i mean but it has been aw awesomely Horrible as far as the persecution from the religious not so much the rebellious That's why Jesus is a friend of sinners But the animosity and the hatred and the continuous contempt and blasphemy Towards what I'm experiencing walking with the father in the coolness of the day because these people don't understand and they're just in bondage to religion and it's been Horrific. I mean, I have been filleted filleted every day of ministry. I mean, there's not a day where a person doesn't shred me in my online ministry. And, and I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit, so it does hurt. I don't get callous from the continuous contempt that's hurled on me from the religious. I mean, I'm open. I just take it. I take it. I have the full armor of God on, but Jesus Christ is strong enough. He just takes all of it because He's the possessor of my soul. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah with seven blazing torches. He's the chief warring king of Israel. He can take it. He can handle the abuse. You know, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words, they hurt my bones too. They hurt my heart. And I see people saying all this horrible stuff against the glory of God every day. Woo! I, but I understand. I understand what they're going through. I understand where the bride of Christ is at in America. I understand where the false brethren are at. 
There's goats everywhere that claim to be Christians that have never even been born again. They're just like smoking cigars, playing poker in churches. Totally worldly. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, drinking cognac. You know, I mean, where is the holiness? I mean, is there any holiness in Christianity anymore? Is there a holy of holies in Zion that still has the fire of God blazing in it that was never lit by man but was lit by God Himself? Is that evident in Christianity? Oh, you better believe it is. It's burning stronger and hotter now than ever before. I tell you the truth. There is a remnant of champions already on the top of the mountain at this moment today, July 12th, 2017. And I'm talking to some of them. Others are in other nations. But we all know each other. You know how we know each other? Because the morning star has risen in all our hearts. We all have the mind of Christ. So we know who our true brothers and sisters are because we've experienced so much hostility from wicked sinners, from the self-righteous. We've experienced so much hostility. Have you been persecuted for righteousness' sake? That is the sure evidence of one who's entered the king's domain. The king's domain. He's a man, Jesus. He's a man. Stands about six foot tall. <laughs> now, he changes because he's all things to all people like the Apostle Paul says. But he is a man. You see him in Ezekiel chapter 1 with burnished bronze. You read about him in Revelation chapter 1 and eyes of blazing Shekinah, fire. Mm-hmm. That's a transfigured Man, that's a transfigured living being who took on a human body. That's the living God, you guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is God. He is the King of Israel and the King of creation. That's our bridegroom King. And we're married to Him. We're married to that King. It's true. And we're faithful, and we're true, we're loyal. We've been through so much, we've been through so many battles, so many wars, and we've been beat up, we've lost battles. I mean, the only undefeated person here is Jesus Christ Himself, and that's why we only win from now on, is because I'm possessed of the seven spirits of His messianic anointing. It's His anointing. Not that I have an individual anointing, no one does, it's all Him. What do you think the resting tongues of Pentecostal drunken glory fire of Acts chapter 2 are? It's Jesus Christ sharing His messianic anointing with the world, with His beloved, with His disciples, with His friends. I mean, He's closer than a brother. There's not a religious thing about Him. He's a total wild man, and nobody has more fun at the party than Jesus. He's not like Ramses. Ramses don't like to party. <laughs> He's not like Ramses, that Egyptian devil. <laughs> Jesus loves to party. He is a celebrational, feast-throwing God and King. 
and Lord and Savior. He's all things to all people. But the main thing He's doing now in the whole world is getting everybody happy by drinking the cup of joy, the cup of His resurrection, the cup of His blood sacrifice, the cup of the forgiveness of our sin nature, so that we can only have His divine nature by grace. Amen? I mean, talk about having a good time every time, celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb and the Feast of the Ages and overcoming the world. This is the bridal celebration of the ages when God's people wake up to what He's done already on the cross and celebrate it by giving up their own sacrifice. God is only pleased in one man's death, not everyone's death, Jesus' death. And you died with Him, and the demon will leave your brain as soon as you believe His sacrifice is enough for you. You just find the dragon's gone. By believing, we've been raised from the dead. And I've grown in faith every day since I've been born again for 18 years, going from glory to glory. So I do have the exact same faith as Jesus Christ as He had in His Father, only through what I've suffered, because that's the only thing that works in this world. I've tried everything else. Nothing else works except Jesus and Him crucified. It's true. Nothing else works. There's no other sacrifice. There's nothing I could do in the assemblies of God and the doctrine of tongues and the study of revival to whip up a great awakening. I tried. I studied revival at a master's degree level in college. <laughs> I did. I took a master's level course from a doctor accredited in revivals. I mean, that's how crazy stuff is in Christianity now. You know, they're going around calling themselves doctors. You know, and they're not able to heal people. <laughs> they just have the knowledge about it. We need the substance of it. We need the resurrection life of it. We need the drunken glory resurrection of the dead. As it's written, the Lord awakens like a strong man who's had too much to drink. But it wasn't too much to drink. It was just him drinking the whole sins of the world, being buried in hell, and then BAM! Raising from the dead by the Spirit of Holiness. And was he like a drunken man when he was raised from the dead? You better believe it. He's intoxicated on his father to this moment. It's called the heavenly glory. The new wine. Our cups overflow not with grape juice, not with apple juice, not with prune juice, but with his blood. With his intoxicating blood. Our cups overflow. And we're drowning the whole world from the high place called the throne of David. And I'm drunk, I'm not just telling you about it. Because David has an eternal throne, you know, but we've had some wicked, wicked people sitting on it. That's why the nations are in total disorder, run by devils, run by warlocks and sorcerers that are gladly sacrificing their firstborn sons on altars to Lucifer all over the world. Human sacrifices everywhere in 2017. It's just done in secret. There's secret societies everywhere, and I'm not scared of a single one. I came out of all of that. Many of them are still my friends. And I see them and the look in their eyes desperate 
for help. So, I mean, that just makes me go even harder after God the Father to set my sorcerer friends free. Because I love them equally to my religious friends or rebellious friends or even my Holy Ghost friends that are totally holy and set apart spirit, soul, mind, and flesh. God just loves everybody and wants everybody in the feast. And His blood is omnipotent to forgive easily all the sins in the entire world. And that's what He's going to do, guys. He will increase the weight of His blood sacrifice on every cell of flesh on earth until there's no death in any atom, any cell of life on earth. That's the new covenant and why God calls it perfect in Jesus' name. Check out our ministry, redlettermen.com. There's schools on there, music on there, everything free. Bless you guys. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. <laughs> Glory.